Hi there, this is Caitlin Phillips, the marketing coordinator for Oxford University Press. Uh, we're here today with Hannah Oliver Depp. Uh, Hannah, could you tell us just a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. I'm the communications director at Word Bookstores. We're in Jersey City, New Jersey, and Greenpoint, Brooklyn. And we uh, have been around for about 11 years, and I've been a bookseller for eight years. So today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, humanitarianism um, and, and activism. Uh, the podcast that we are responding to uh, talked a lot about humanitarians across the world and sort of as humanitarians coming from the outside and giving help to people who desperately need it. Um, but let's talk a little bit about how you can be a humanitarian from the inside and that often requires being a part of your community and there are no better places than bookstores to be a part of a community. So can you talk a little bit about sort of seeing bookstores as a, a place that humanitarians and the activists can gather and talk? Absolutely, yeah. I think that that has become a more and more obvious role of bookstores in the last few years, but I think it's what bookstores have long identified as their main strength. Um, that they are community gathering places and they're what we call third places, somewhere between work and home that you feel connected to in a very deep way. Um, some people grow up in bookstores, some people find their community in a bookstore because they move to a new city and that seems like the place to go to find like-minded folks. Some people just use them as convenience and they don't think about the bigger overarching thing at all and that's perfectly fine too. But I think for a lot of us, uh, both employed there and who have long shopped at bookstores. It is, it is you know, we, I think, overuse the term safe space, but it does function for a lot of people as an automatic space where they can seek sanctuary and shelter. And conversely to that, there are also retail establishments. So there is a little bit of a push and pull and a tug sometimes between our impulses to serve our community as best as we can and the needs to, you know, make sure our employees are safe, make sure that they get home at a reasonable hour, make sure that everyone understands, you know, that there's also transactions going on and it is, you know, does need to keep its doors open. So there can be a little bit of a push and pull there. But I think first and foremost, the only reason you go into independent bookselling is because you want to create a community um, and you want to be rooted somewhere. You want to be connected to people. You want to see the same folks. We have kids who like this is where they meet their parents after school. Like they don't get picked up at school. They get picked up at Word. Uh, and it is the best. And so when you think about the impact you can have on somebody's lives uh, like that, it, it does feel like a pretty serious responsibility. Um, I think there's also a little push and pull between that. A lot of us are, you know, liberal arts kids or humanitarians, and you do get a, a bit of a sense that bookstores, they grow up in the community, but sometimes they also enter a community. And we have a push and pull between being, in a sense, participating in educating a community and challenging our community's comfort zones, as well as reacting to them and meeting them where they are. Yeah, the need for community, um, and especially as you said, when you move to a new space or anything like that, um, it's just very real and very human. Um, and certainly many of us can say that books in general just are a safe space. Yeah. Now, as bookstores sort of have like really taken hold of their uh, identities as safe spaces and as these places where you can come and, you know, write letters to your senator mm -hmm. um, and, you know, say what is on your mind and feel comfortable. And can you talk some about uh, some initiatives that you have either seen or participated in yourself um, through bookstores? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, you've mentioned a couple of them. One is that we, we try to have open spaces, so regularly occurring places where you can come and write letters and have all of the barriers 
taken away that might prevent you from making a phone call or sending, you know, even participating in like robocall emails or anything like that that can help you get your voice heard. Um, being a space where you can come and, you know, get a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and have that barrier removed and make it also a social gathering because, again, it's a lot about meeting people. Um, so one of the greatest things Bookstore has to offer is space. We do have a space where this can happen. Now, Word in Greenpoint is really small, and it's a wonderful, tiny, but mighty thing. Um, but we have an event space. We're really lucky in New York to have an event space in our basement, so we can turn that over sometimes um, for community programming. Uh, we can go out in the community because we you know, do have a little bit of staff and resources where we can send our booksellers out uh, and join in festivals or at a community garden or things like that. Um, and then we have a cafe in our Jersey City store we try to use and utilize properly for that to just sort of draw people in and again break down those barriers between like I should do this and it's easy for me to do this which is hard sometimes it, it is it's yeah. hard to you know go to the get the stamp and get the paper and write it all out and think of the thing you want to say mm-hmm. so you know providing those resources is an amazing thing yeah it, it and it's just it's something that we can do the other thing is making sure that our staff is on board mm-hmm. um, one of the things that I've really enjoyed the you know American Booksellers Association has been really on board for figuring out ways that we can utilize this uh, kind of new awareness of the tools that we have to offer mm-hmm. um, but you also have to make sure your staff you know if you wouldn't put on a sale in your bookstore without talking to your staff about like what the tenants of the sale were, like what's available, what's it worth. Um, and we need to do the same thing when we are putting ourselves out there. You know, sometimes it comes from the owner and sometimes it comes from the staff. Like I just literally had, you know, a staff member emailed me and was like, so uh, we, I want us to set up to be these, a drop zone for canned food drives and what are we doing to provide school supplies? And, you know, it was just a list of great ideas that they had of stuff that was already happening in our community that we could participate in. And I think sometimes we make mistakes um, as activists, especially if we're coming new to something, of thinking that we need to set everything up. Sometimes what bookstores can do is to lend their space or their staff or their branding, even just putting up a, like signage and putting your logo on it um, to cooperate with what already exists and strengthen what exists in your community. And that also helps prevent you from riding in like a savior and actually participating in what's already been going on probably before you noticed. Yeah, and leaving it up to the experts at, at some point. You know, mm-hmm. you're the expert in certain spaces, and you would hope that they would defer to you in those ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's nice to sort of do the same. It's like, hey, you're already a food bank sort of successfully doing this yeah. um, this initiative, and we would like to be a part of it. As a bookseller, sell me some books. Um, tell me a little bit Great about, um, I think that obviously a lot of literature has been coming out, mm-hmm. um, you know, about being an activist, um, but I think also underneath that of being um, just sort of humane, right, of sort of yeah. thinking about humanity mm-hmm. um, in that capital H way. Give me some titles. What are some things that are really selling, or what are some things that maybe you just keep putting onto the shelf and (laughs) trying to force upon people, um, but it hasn't worked. Yeah, so there's a a book that I think is about to come out and it's called uh, For Colored Girls Who Have Considered Activism. I believe that is the exact title. I should fact check that. (laughs) Um, And I'm really looking forward to to that one. Um, Literally for now, two years we've had like a resist you know end cap up in both stores and we just keep populating it with new things and whether it's something as kind of uh, polished as on tyranny 
or it's a coloring book featuring, you know, uh, black women in positions of power, or, you know, it's a set of postcards featuring Ruth Bader Ginsburg, (laughs) whatever kind of helps motivate people and keep them going because it's exhausting and it's a marathon. And and again, to increase awareness, um, we're doing a, a wonderful workshop for Girls Rise Up, and it is a training manual and workbook for young women, as in we're talking like, you know, middle grade and high school, to get engaged in activism early and have it be part of their lives. I was lucky to be raised in a household that activism was just like part of everything. And I couldn't imagine continuing without that. And so this is helping people understand that it's not like a separate thing you do, it's how you lead your whole life. Um, And it's fun and it's colorful and beautifully illustrated. And I just think that more and more books like that really help. And if you put them out, people are just like, oh, thank God. (laughs) They really are looking for them. and if they're not, again, it's about making sure your staff feels comfortable to talk about it, and um, or if they're uncomfortable, has the tools to talk about it. If that's something your store is going to stand behind, um, and can you know pitch what's the difference between um, that and run for something which is written for you know adult women to do this you know yet an, add yet another thing to your to do list and run for local office. Um, so really just making sure that you don't just face out these books or put them on display, but that you do have a general understanding of them. And then I think fiction has really blossomed. There is, a, you know, I'm, I'm always careful when talking to my publishing peers about how we're doing publishing diverse voices and that diversity isn't just skin color, that there's so, so, so much more to this. Um, and that's the whole point. There's a whole world that we've been missing. You know, there has been a definite and obvious increase on diverse voices from a variety of communities. And we do, I think, a really good job championing those both as booksellers and as publishers. But then, you you know, you look at the numbers, like Vita numbers come out and you're like, and it's still, yay, those 10 books that we celebrated so hard. But meanwhile, there was 200,000 that were just the same thing. And so we still have a lot of work to do. Um, I think we're really good at celebrating when we succeed, but we're not so good at being honest that those celebrations, wouldn't it be great if it wasn't a big deal? (laughs) Wouldn't it be great if I, you know, uh, you know, the American Books Lanes Diversity Task Force looked around the room and there were multiply abled people and people who were feeling comfortable to talk about like their grapples with emotional, mental illness, PTSD, if I was not the only brown girl in a room ever again and be like great cool disbanded (laughs) amazing (laughs) it is really interesting how we self-select and how the messaging sometimes that we put out can actually harm a little bit rather than help on the other hand you know the kids run in and they're like i look like sunny i you know look like patina you know i I look like these kids on this book so um i absolutely champion it but i do think we need to be aware of how we as booksellers talk about and handle these books and how you know what jacket copy we put on a book when we publish it and whether or not we're talking about the like truth and excitement in the book or we're just like using media marketing that signals what we think it signals without us doing the actual work um i think of something like lisa Coe's the levers which is this incredible novel um, that's deservedly gotten a good amount of attention and it addresses a topic I had literally no idea about, but it's ultimately, I, I can hand sell it, but I think it's an intergenerational family story about people finding each other. And you sell that, and then you're like, and also it's this, and people are go, oh, great. It's a double whammy, it's a double win. But if I go, hashtag important book, take this and read it, mm-hmm. people might not. And you know that's its own set of problems, but I do think my job is ultimately to get as many great books into people's hands as possible. Yeah. So I'm gonna do that first. 
Um, okay, can we just kind of talk a little bit about why we think um, bookstores are these safe spaces and why they are suddenly also very loud voices? Mm. I have seen more bookstores in the last, you know, maybe two, three years really stand for specific, um, you know, meaningful topics to them. You know, what it, what it is about owning an independent bookstore or working in an independent bookstore that gives you and makes you feel like your First Amendment rights, you know, <laughs> yeah. are protected. Yeah. Um, you know, talk a little bit about, you know, why maybe some stores are getting louder um, and, and why you sort of maybe feel safe doing so. Well, there's a whole host of reasons. I think it's the right time. I think bookstores have been self-advocating for a long time. Not just our existence, but the immeasurable gifts we give to a community. When I say immeasurable, I'm serious about it. It's, it's, it's hard to quantify. You know, when your downtown turns into 16 nail salons and, you know, a pile of restaurants that go from being, oh, cool new restaurant to indistinguishable from each other, uh, you lose a quality of place you want to go after work, take your kids, or uh, even just grab that last minute present. So we've been advocating in that way for a while, and now we're turning that training and that voice that we have towards larger projects. I think the other thing is what has made independent bookstores fascinating throughout American history and globally is that they are each unique. Um, they do have an idea and they have a voice. And you know, when times have always gotten tough on bookstores, what they've leaned into is what makes them unique. So the fact that you know I work at a diversely managed female-owned business is what makes Word interesting and what makes Word strong and what makes our book selection and our card selection and literally every single thing we do and offer more interesting. So why would we not celebrate that at a time when someone wants to challenge that that is a good thing? Like, well, this is literally at the very heart of every decision we make, mostly subconsciously, uh, because it's just who we are. And so then when someone challenges that, you rise up and you defend what makes your store wonderful and great. Um, and then that leads you to defend what makes your community great because after all, your store is a reflection of that community. I think bookstores have realized that they're not separate spaces, but I think we are intrinsically tied. Um, and that comes to when someone wants to deport half of the people who shop at my store, or if they want to mess with the sidewalk permits that would prevent people from getting easy access to my store. So we're used to advocating on a local governmental level, as well as advocating for freedom of speech and letters and, uh, you know, how important the written word is in all of its forms. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that that is um, a perfect summation of it is that, right, it, it, they are and have always been doing it. And mm -hmm. so why wouldn't they take pick up this mantle even though it is somewhat larger mm -hmm. um, and bigger than themselves? Yeah, and it I will makes... say there can be scary moments sometimes or yeah. things about it and so I think that while bookstores can be in a fragile position in our economy and while I'm very 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 aware of my staff's safety um, and it's something that concerns me uh, I also think that we have a certain air and a certain level of protection around us um, extended to us from just people's impressions of books and people's impressions of small businesses. And that, to me, means that we can extend it to people who aren't without that level of privilege. 
Okay, um, I'm really thankful uh, that you came here to chat with us a little bit. Uh, I would encourage everyone to go to their local indie bookstore mm -hmm. um, and feel safe. <laughs> yep. I can almost guarantee that a, a bookseller will come up to you and ask if they can sell you a book. Please take them up on it. It'll make you feel good and make them feel good too. Uh, yep. Thank you, Hannah, very much for joining us today. Thank you very much. And if you don't know where your local indie is, you can check out IndieBound.org. Um, and I'm sure if you bothered the folks here at Oxford, they would definitely tell you where their closest one is. <laughs> Without a doubt. All right, thank you. Thanks, guys.